0: Welcome to the Pastor's Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today is Nancy John. Hi, Nancy.
1: Hello, John. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nervous. <laughs> Hi, Scott. <laughs> Nancy's really excited to do this. Are you, aren't you really excited to do this? I am very excited to do this <laughs> because God is the center of the story and not me, so that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It makes it a, lo- a little bit easier. Yes. Uh, for, for those of you who um, who don't know, Nancy is a member, a servant minister leader here at at cornerstone and um as we've done in the past we just want to provide an opportunity to hear a little bit about stories from stories of god's faithfulness in the lives of people in our church Um, we also like hearing about partners and you know some of our different local partners and this kind of gets a little bit of an overlap with that, because I you work for Claris. Right. Um, and we like to highlight internal ministries. We're gonna talk about the counseling ministry. It's a little bit of everything, right? Right, everything. yeah, I'll all jumble together. But um Nancy, I'm really, really thankful for you doing this. I know it's not easy to, you know, talk in a microphone or talk publicly, but I'm super thankful.
1: Well, I'm actually happy to be here and I just hope that um Everyone can, can just take away what God has been doing in the life of Cornerstone, in the life of Clarison, and in the life of myself, how he has seen me through mm. to this point in time.
0: Mm. So, um, Nancy, I, for full disclosure, Nancy's one of my favorite people. Like,
1: oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. The bar has been lowered. <laughs> I, no, I'm,
0: I'm just just—I'm so excited for uh, more people to to hear your story. I One of the reasons why this is... Um, I was looking forward to allowing you an opportunity to share in this context, just because a lot of your ministry is behind the scenes. I mean, you work in counseling. It's very like individual. It's one-on-one. You know, It's not public teaching a lot of times and things like that. And, and yet, in, from that behind-the-scenes place, I think you have had such an incredible impact on uh, our church family, on the lives of so many people in our church, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I think that starts getting to know you a little bit starts with just hearing a bit of your story, um, both here at cornerstone and, and the larger story of what the Lord's done in, in your life. Um. So maybe to start with the church, how how long have you been here at Cornerstone?
1: I have been here 10 years plus.
0: 10 years plus.
1: I've been saying seven forever, but when I really (laughs) look at it, because I don't want to admit that that many years has gone by, but it's been 10 plus years. Oh,
0: that's amazing. It is. That's amazing. When, When did we first meet? I was trying to remember. Do
1: you remember? I think it was mostly... Seeing each other for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But as far as really formally getting to know each other was with the gospel cohort in that oh, very, very beginning. Yes. Um, I had no idea what was going on and we can talk about that how I got into the counseling at Cornerstone, but yeah, yeah, later yeah. You but took the gospel care cohort. Right. And
0: that's okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah. I mean not that long.
1: Yeah. But it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a <laughs> long ago. <laughs> not that many years.
0: <laughs> so I I mean, I'd love to for you to share just a little bit of the, just the overview of your Christian story. Like how, how you became a Christian. I mean, how did you become a Christian in the first place? Did you grow up a Christian or?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting. I always believed in God. Like I believed in the president. Mm-hmm. So from okay. the earliest, so he's, he's there. he was there and the president's there. And uh-huh. if something really, really important came up, then I would pray or write a letter to the president, one or the other, <laughs> and so I always had that um, belief. My family was uh, very good um, Presbyterians, and we went to church at Easter every year. You mm. know, so check it off the list. And uh, there's just different things just growing up um, that led to that moment of meeting Christ. Different things. I'm. Uh, my dad was. A uh, very, very delightful Scotsman. And but he also was a drinker. Mm-hmm. So there when he wasn't drinking, he was very, very delightful. And when he was was drinking, he mm. was not so nice. So I had this kind of love dislike for him. Mm. And so it was a very tentative relationship. Uh it was um, but However, both he and my mom were very staunch about doing the right thing. So Mm. we were very raised, my siblings and I, to just choose right and choose well. So for me, that was like, check it off the sin list. I am doing right things and I'm making good decisions. So the sin thing didn't have any effect Mm. on me. Uh
0: where where was that? Where where did you grow up? I grew I up in Manhattan
1: Beach. In Manhattan Beach. Okay. In Manhattan I, Beach. In my
0: head was Southern California, but right. I I'm like, oh, I might just be assuming that.
1: Right. And okay. you know, when I say that to people, they go, Oh, you know, they money, money, but we were not money money. We had five of us sleeping in one bedroom in a little tiny duplex in and Manhattan in Manhattan Beach. And okay. most of my friends did their families did have um more money. And so it, you know, we always dressed a little differently. <laughs> but mm. we had a blast you know we mm. never thought about five of us or four of us being in the same bedroom we grew up we were close we had fun together and we are still very close
2: mm.
1: you know so that was um you know to me that was a school in itself mm. yeah you know just yeah. because our friends had their own bedrooms and you know, uh, so many other amenities that we didn't have but uh, it just it impacted us in a way but not in a bad way it just huh. was that's how you know, that's what our home was and we loved each other and huh. I watched out for each other and still do. Huh. So
0: that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, uh, but I did love it. The school system and everything was great. Mm. Uh, and then going forward, um, just, uh, my sister at some point became a Christian. She's a little older than I am. And she began to pray for our family. I think that's the beginning of my conversion mm. is that she began to pray for our family and, uh, I remember uh, just different things. She had prayed to go on the mission. I remember sidelines of things that she had wanted to do. She had wanted to go mission field, and I just was not a part of that whatsoever. I had no mindset. I still was God and president mindset. Mm. Uh, it w- there was nothing personal
0: mm.
1: related to it. But God had a date with me.
0: He had a date with you?
1: He had a date with me, and he had this foreordained date that he was going to capture my attention. Huh. And one morning at snack at high school,
2: uh-huh. I was
1: in ninth grade,
2: okay.
1: I was walking by two of my girlfriends and I heard them talking about Jesus. They said the name Jesus. And I was like, why are they talking about Jesus? Hmm. And so I stopped and I started asking them, why are you, are you did you say Jesus? And they, they were like deer in the headlights. Hmm. And I said, were you talking about Jesus? I thought you guys said Jesus. And they went, well, yeah, we did. And I said, well, why are you talking about Jesus. And they said, well, really, we're just talking about a Bible study that we are having in our home. I said, do you have a Bible study in your home? And I'm sure I heard the word Bible study before, but it never clicked on what it was or Uh why people would do it. Uh And so I just, I continued to drill them for about five minutes and just kind of uh resistantly they were giving me information <laughs> cuz i just was wanting to know this was like so captivating to yeah. me that they would be talking about it so you're, finally you're like
0: they're like evangelize me
1: right, right. my spirit was crying that, that. yeah 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 my yeah, spirit totally. but i did i was just so yeah. curious That's interesting. and so finally they said well i have my my older sisters giving us a bible study at home and we just meet you know and i said well can i go i mean <laughs> and they're just looking at me And so, of course, they said yes. You know, I am forcing myself upon them. Yeah. So I showed up. I had no idea what it was or what they would do. And so I'm sure they modified it very, you know, down because I was going to be there. Mm -hmm. And it was just them and their sister. Mm -hmm. And so... They just began to talk about knowing Jesus in a personal way, and I was floored that you could absolutely know Him in a personal way. I Mm. never knew that, Mm. and I was exclaiming, "The I never knew that. What does that mean?" (laughs) And I was so, uh, I was like a blank slate. Uh Just tell me what it is, and I'll do it. And so uh, I ended ended up praying the sinner's prayer Mm. and confession. And I tell I, you- The first
0: time you went to that Bible study?
1: The first time. That was like, <laughs> th- this is real. This is it. It was just, that's why I mean uh, it was a date. Yeah, yeah, Because my sister had been a Christian and she had been, you know, I'd seen her trying to de- her, dedicate her life to these different things and it would just never affected me. Mm. And this moment, it was just like, click, click, wow. click, click. And so- I did, and the transformation was I physically felt it. My mind felt it. I was like so full of joy. They were so full of joy. They were like in awe, like, what just happened? We were all like, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> oh and, and then I just was smiling. I, remember, I went to bed smiling. I went home and I told my sister, She's in, she was a senior in high school, I was in ninth grade, mm. and she just gave me a hug, she said, she goes. I usually go to that Bible study, but I just felt like God just wanted you there by yourself, and mm. so I just stayed home and I just prayed for you. Mm. And she has just been my stalwart mm. of support and prayer support. She's praying for us right now. Thank you very much, Susan. Mm. But um, it was it was just a flip, you know. All of a sudden, I in that night, I loved my dad. Mm. I fell in love with my dad. I realized, wow, he's broken. He's yeah. a sinner yeah. that's why he is struggling with this problem, and so every every emotion, every hurt memory was just like that's why yeah. and that that all changed and the next day when I went to school, I was still smiling, I think my hair was glowing uh, <laughs> it must have been because when I met my my girlfriend that shared a locker with me, we met every morning to go to our lockers together, and I was walking in the parking lot toward her. And she looked at me, she goes, what happened? Mm-hmm. I went like, what? She goes, you look like you have the biggest secret that you can't wait to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, how did she know? Uh, so I just, I blurted out, I got saved last night. And she said, what, was there a fire? Was was happening? <laughs> so I explained it to her and she had no idea what I was talking about. I had no idea really yeah. what yeah, I was yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. But, you know, so she her and I actually from that moment split. She mm. she couldn't take what I was telling her. Mm. I don't know if it was just the spirit, mm. but she we didn't have a lot of classes together anyway. We really just shared the locker. Mm-hmm. So she eventually just took her things out of the locker and <laughs> that was the end. Mm. But that morning, when we I went to the locker, uh, my sister and some of her friends came down the hallway, and my, her friends came running to me, jumping up and down and screaming in the hallway and hugging me and jumping up and down, mm. and saying they were so excited and so happy for me. And the kids of school, of course, they're all jamming in the hallway and they're all walk, walking by and they're all looking and. Apparently, every uh, person that I had in class, those next five classes, was in the hallway at that time. Mm. Because when I went to my first class, all kinds of kids were saying, what happened to you? Mm. What, what, why, is every, why was everybody hugging you and jumping up and down and <laughs> screaming? And so I had to tell them in class, I got saved last night. I, I gave my life to the Lord. I was a sinner. But now I'm not a sinner. I had told them all these things that were not really right, but... <laughs> This, I mean I was only, I was only ten hours old yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> uh, and I was just in this like broken baby christianese like trying to tell them that yeah i I, I got saved and Christ wow. died for my sin and mm. you know and I gave my life to him, and there they had no clue what I was saying, and mm. I was asked that in front of the class, every class I went to that day
2: oh my gosh
1: every single class and I went Lord, what does this mean? (laughs) What does this mean? And the very last class I thought, okay, this is a science class, not the same group is probably, is not in this class. Mm. So I sat there and I opened my book and I'm uh, looking and all of a sudden the class went dead silent. (laughs) And I looked up and they were all looking at me and I went, what? And they said, everybody said that something's going on with you. What's going on with you? <laughs> oh, my God. So it's like, so there it's
0: I went. It's like the gossip mill. miss oh Yes, it's
1: like the small town, everybody yeah. knows uh-huh. syndrome. Uh-huh. And, and so I ended up just being able to share what I knew, which was oh. very, very little. Mm. And uh, it just changed my life completely. Mm. My... Uh, one of the things I used to say to my girlfriends when they were talking about when they grow up and get married and what's mm-hmm. that's gonna happen. And I said, Why would you do that to yourself?
2: Mm.
1: Why would you get married? Mm. Why wouldn't you just live with somebody? Mm. You know, that that makes no sense to me. Yeah. And and just things of that nature where I thought I was not a sinner because I made followed the rules and was respectful. You know, and now I was discovering, wow, I've broken a lot of rules. I need to find out what they are so I can repent and
0: <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: what else don't I know? <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. And. Okay. Uh, okay so, yeah. so, so, I mean, that's, a, that's such an incredible story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so in, in a lot of ways, you kind of got, got saved in this um, and came to faith in Christ in this, really for you, like dramatic, really dramatic way, kind of instantaneous way, like the type of, uh, of way that you. you you know, not everybody can draw a line, but really? you could draw a line. Yes. Like there is a dark, sharpie, you know, yes. line. This, is, this is what happened. And the Lord just gave you this joy and this overwhelming um, completion and and forgiveness. <clears throat> so then the Christian life just goes smooth from there, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But there, you know, I have to tell you, there are there are three verses hmm. that are kind of to me, my anchor, my Mm -hmm. anchor verses. And one is um, in Hebrews, and I take things very, very literally Mm -hmm. in the scripture. Mm -hmm. I know that some are representative, but um, in Hebrews 11, where it talks about that we are foreigners and pilgrims in this world Mm -hmm. and that we are looking looking toward a hope Mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily see right now. Mm -hmm. And so that was a scripture that I just learned and memorized early, early on, and I, I just took to heart what that meant, mm-hmm. meaning that it can change. We're traveling, mm. we're traveling through, and things can change, and th- things can move, uh, and and God can, God is going to use us because we're representing Him. We're yeah. foreigners in this place. He's placed us and He's called us to walk through this world, and He's going to direct where our paths go, which yeah. leads us to my other verse that I love is Proverbs sixteen nine. And I have a tag on it on all my emails, and it says, um, A man plans his ways, but God directs his steps. Mm. And so, you know, it's my responsibility to be a good steward and to do all the things and plan things, but it doesn't necessarily end up with the direction my plan was. Many times that door closes and I end up totally somewhere else. Yeah. uh, And it's always good. Yeah. And it's always good. Mm. And these are uh, scriptures that, have just been a total boundary guideline, yeah. hope of support, and the other scripture is in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, where Paul talks about his grace is sufficient, mm. uh, and hit that and that his power is made weak, his power his power is made strong in our weakness, mm. is revealed in our weaknesses, and so you take all those three together. So I'm I, I very early on understood that things are going to change and but it's a part of God's plan if I trust him mm. that I'm going in one direction but it may change and that's God he's in it he's directing me mm. and that in all of that in all of that he is the one who's going to sustain me mm. and provide for me uh and he is in whatever I need he's going to make sure I have the sufficient uh equipping of whatever I need to get through mm. whatever those things are
0: yeah yeah, it's, it's such an incredible promise mm-hmm. and it's such an incredible reality to cling to when we, we recognize that even when things start so in, incredible and filled with right. joy that it it it's still this journey. Right. right. It's still this this journey through and I I mean I'd I'd love for you to share just a, a bit about what how God has walked with you kind of through that journey from that from your freshman year in high school right. to to now. And and I mean obviously we don't have time. <laughs> To fill fill that that whole story. Um, But as you look back, what what are some of the the key maybe snapshots you've you've seen of the Lord really fulfilling the the promises of those verses um, throughout the story he's written since then?
1: Right. Well, as I said, I I didn't believe in marriage. But then after this, I thought, yes, if you're going to be someone, you have to marry them. So there was an older man, he was about 13 years older in the church, very supposedly strong Christian man, and he came uh, up to me and said, you know, I don't want to scare you, but the Lord has told me that I'm going to marry you. And so that made me nervous, but I was still very young in the Lord and thinking, oh, God told him, I better take this seriously. And... I also um, was very good friends with my pastor, and so I went and talked to him about it, and he said, oh, yes, this would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so I trusted him, so I thought, okay, well, there's two out of three <laughs> that are, yeah. I'm a little bit not not sure, but I took it seriously, and, and he presented very, very well, and I did feel, you know, when you're younger and someone older uh, reaches out to you, you feel like, oh, I'm special, he thinks I'm interesting, and he's interested in me, and there's an, a connection there. And he seemed to know a lot of scripture, and so all of the signs that I would look for in my youth made to, seem to make sense. So we did get married, and we had two daughters um, pretty quick on. And but as time went on, all of the reasons you could imagine that why would someone you know for thir- 13 years older than a young girl. Uh, think this mm-hmm. was a good match. Yeah. Anyway, so it just turned out that he had a very dark side. He was very abusive. He was. It turned out that he had been married two times before me, and I don't know that the pastor knew that. But uh, and so he was apparently going through marriages mm. per se. Uh, and then it came out that he was accosting other women in the church. Mm-hmm. So it just was, it you know, it just was something that got darker and darker and darker. And uh, so coming out of that with my two daughters, it was, and they were a little bit older by by then when all of this was all falling apart, and God just put his hand on us. They, you know, He he had spent several years putting us in very dangerous situations, and so they were actually relieved. There was a peace that God brought to our family mm-hmm. and unit. And as we considered the future, uh, you know, they started asking me about what happens when we want to go to college and how are we going to do that. So our mantra was just, you know, we'll plan our ways and God will direct our steps. Plan to go to college if that's what you want to do, and God is in it; it'll it'll happen. But all of us together uh, realized that the way we, the way or the direction we plan to go, may not happen. So. For us, our hope wasn't in what our plan was. Mm. Our hope was that God will start it and God is going to d- direct it, and we'll end up exactly where we need to be, which was very comforting to all of us
0: yeah such a <clears throat> I can't even imagine a situation like that and and I know you're like removed from it in many ways so far now that you know you right. look back at it differently, but it's just um so one of the questions that comes to my mind is I, I think when those types of experiences are tied to the church, are tied to leaders in the church, right. are tied to leaders in the church saying this is a good idea, you know, with, with all of the, you know, deconstruction and things going on now, I think uh, when people go through that, oftentimes that like, uh, it makes it really hard to trust the church, to trust leaders again, like how... Like how, how did how was how that even possible?
1: Right. I mean, I mean, in one right. sense, I
0: I know it's miraculous, but for you, how how was it even possible to trust again you know, spiritual leadership and things like that that had led you so uh, dangerously astray?
1: I I it wasn't a problem, but hmm. I can't tell you exactly why hmm. it wasn't a problem, except that. I feel like there was enough leadership. Um, I'd left that church mm. um, and had actually gone over to Calvary Chapel. Mm. And that's where I ended up our kids group. My kids grew up in mm. Calvary Chapel, and so did I. Um, and the leadership with there uh, was a little more conservative mm. and a little bit more careful. Mm. And so it's it's having, n- not blaming you know, not blaming the whole unit because yeah. one yeah. is kind of rogue, mm-hmm. and there were enough other godly men mm. that uh, were a part of my faith building mm-hmm. that were strong and and true to God's word and wa- wi- and had wisdom and discernment. Yeah, yeah. At, on top of that.
0: Yeah, mm. what a ah, what what a redemptive gift. Yeah. Of that in in the the wake of all of that. Um, And so now your, your, your girls are grown.
1: So yes, they're grown and they, they did go to college Mm -hmm. and they are doing wonderful. And, uh, I had always had a heart to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. And so I had gotten my bachelor's in psychology Mm -hmm. and, and as I, as. Later or originally? No, a little bit later. So a look up when they were older, I went back to school and I got that. And, uh, but everything I learned about psychology and then being a Christian, I thought, I, I can't be this because I don't buy into a lot of it. And so uh, I kind of just put it on the shelf and it helped me get into doors for other employment. It looked good on my resume, uh-huh. So, but it wasn't anything I was pursuing. And then I was sent by a place where I worked to a retreat. And at this retreat, they challenged everyone to write down a five-year goal an impossible dream goal, uh-huh. and so I wrote down, "Masters in Counseling."
2: Huh.
1: I just thought, "I that is an impossible dream." I'm working on my own. I I never have enough money. Yeah. I, I mean, I could have some. I could start a program, but I'd never be able to finish it. Mm. And uh, so I wrote that down. And mm. about a year later, after that retreat, I came across this program: get a Masters in Counseling, Biblical mm. Counseling, and. It was expensive, but I figured I could probably, Lord, get, you know, Lord, I could get maybe a third way, fourth way, halfway through it, mm-hmm. you know, just pay it as I go. And then mm-hmm. when I run out of money, I run out of money and that's yeah. it. So I really felt like the Lord, you know, you have that feeling like this would, this possible, at least I could get some classes yeah. under my belt. Yeah. So I said, Lord, I'm just going to go as far as my money lasts. And then if you want me to continue, you'll have to provide for it. <laughs> And if not, that's good because I'll be just appreciative of the classes that I took. Yeah. So, um, I I was in this one job, and I was going through, you know, I'm doing my classes in this job, and and I was getting toward the end, and then I had to switch jobs. So Mm -hmm. I switched jobs, and I was taking my last class at the same time I switched jobs, and I that was I was out of money, Mm -hmm. so. I had about $7,000 left of Uh classes to take. Uh And I was at this new job for three months. Uh And they sent out a newsletter that they had a grant program, an education grant program and this kind of grant program. So I went up to the accountant and I say, I asked him, I've only been here for like 12 weeks. Uh (laughs) Could I apply to this? And he goes, oh, yeah. And so I applied to it. And I just wrote down exactly what the cost was and what the, it was for. And I figured, gosh, if they could even give me 500 or 1,000, it'll get me a little further. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, we'll I, don't, I don't care. I'll take another class. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so, and then you, you just send the application and I don't see anything or hear anything for a month. So I figured, oh, well, it's limited. You know, they can only give so much to so many people. And then all of a sudden one morning, my boss, uh, comes down and he stands right of my desk and he's like jumping up and down and he's looking at me and I said what well, people jump up and down in my life you'll understand <laughs> he's like <laughs> they a, never they never just this you? is a normal thing for me they just don't walk <laughs> up there he's like jumping up and down and so he uh, and I said like what and he said they gave you a grant and I'm like ecstatic like wow yeah, oh, yeah. they gave me a grant like yeah. what And he turned. He just kneeled down. He whispered in my my ear. He said, "He goes. They gave you the whole thing. Gave you the whole thing." And I just burst out crying. I just thought, "Lord, I." And the funny thing about this job that I took, I did not want this job. It. (laughs) I. I was in the process of looking. I was at one job and I was looking for other jobs. And some girlfriends had said, "Hey, go apply over here." And I don't want to work there. Mm. I don't want to work there. But after a month and a half of looking and not being hired, I thought. Like, got to throw my hat in. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, I'm going to throw my hat in, but please don't let this be the place that I get to work. <laughs> and, of course,
2: it was, it was the place yeah, where I yeah, got to God, work, God. so I
1: took it. And that's and that's what happened. Oh, and so uh, it just it paid for the whole rest of my masters.
0: That's so incredible.
1: It's such an incredible story. <laughs> and so can I tell you that God shows up? He mm. so shows up. I mean, he's shown up in surgeries where i would i told the surgeon that no i don't want you i'm in this hospital that i don't like and they do (laughs) they're not they don't have a good reputation i had a this one event where i i got really sick and i had to go to a hospital and my girlfriend took me and she took me to this one hospital that has a horrible reputation of like taking off the wrong legs and things like that you know they just make mistakes all over the place and so um so anyway, this, I had to have surgery and this surgeon who i never met before came out and said, well, you're here in the hospital. They put, they admitted you. So I'm going to do surgery in the morning. And I said, I'm not doing surgery here. <laughs> I said, I'm, I said, this, this hospital does not have a good reputation. I do not want to do surgery here.
2: Yeah.
1: And he looked at me and he said, um, he said, well, I've been here a long time. I've, you know, I've done everything. He said, I'm the one who's going to set the surgery up. I'm uh-huh. the one who's going to be there. He goes, so think about it. And I just think God said, do it. I'm going to be with you. Mm. Just do it. And so I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And afterwards, uh, uh, again, so after the surgery, I woke up, and um, he's standing by my... bed waiting for me to wake up. And Uh he's literally like jumping again. He's jumping up and down like (laughs) a guy who just, who wants to tell (laughs) you that he just won the big game or something. And he uh can't wait, like, wake up, wake up, mom, because I want to tell you what happened at the big game. And he said, you know, the, the thing that we were trying to remove, he goes, I couldn't get it. And usually I can get it in like five minutes and we're done. He said, I was working for 45 minutes and I couldn't get at it. Mm. And he said, my team was all telling me, stop. Mm. Stop, you gotta do that. And he said, but he said, from what you talked to me yesterday, I was not gonna let you wake up and have it not done. Mm. And I just know that, you know, it's one of those ones where I know that the Holy Spirit, I'm never usually that combative with a surgeon who's Mm. going to work (laughs) on you. But I knew that the Lord was just like put something in his heart to complete it and work Mm. at it and that, and that God just. You know open that door to make it complete. It's just little things yeah. like that, you know it, it's times when we didn't have money to pay the rent. Yeah. God showed up in mm-hmm. just miraculous ways and in unique ways
0: mm-hmm. in our life just and provides over and over. just provides over and over, over and over, yeah. and over <laughs> again. So incredible and so incredible. so okay so so for for those of you listening to you, and I mentioned before, but Nancy not only counsels here at. At church but also just on a volunteer basis helps us direct and equip our counseling ministry as we are continuing to expand it and invest in others um i we've had this conversation before Nancy, but I don't, I don't know if i've ever asked you quite this like plainly what why counseling
2: i like in, right. in, 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 in light of all of this right like eyes. the lord's like
0: provided over and over and over in in your life and you could use it in all sorts of different ways but but even with your passion wanting to go get your masters when you when you're at this retreat and you write it down, this is my like crazy dream. Right. Why why counseling?
1: I think I I have this, you know, I've always had this real sensitivity to other people. Mm. I really have had uh in Manhattan Beach, you know, I think maybe it started when I was younger, where you have You know, I never had mean girls in school, but there was cliques, Mm -hmm. you know, cliques in school where you you can't, you don't belong and things of that nature. But um, I just have always been sensitive to people who are kind of left out Mm. and not recognized or not um, engaged Mm -hmm. with. And and people that are hurting, you know, I have always been that one that wants to just fix it and make it feel better Mm -hmm. or encourage them. and I've just innately, I think that's just something that God's put in my heart. Mm. That, um, and and that was kind of there before I became a Christian. But when I became a Christian, it's like now I have a message mm. that will actually encourage them. Mm. Now I have hope that is a really true hope. Mm-hmm. And and to go through all of the different things that have happened just those few that I've mentioned and to see God show up over and over
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's a real you know I can say with all confidence and look someone square in the eye that is facing something really really challenging in their life and say God is in this with you mm. and God is going God's grace is sufficient for you mm-hmm. it, it's it's not you that is going to make you through this it's going to be God watching over you, that He never fails. That's a promise. Mm-hmm. And getting people to um, stand on the promises as they're given. Mm-hmm. You know, His grace is sufficient.
0: Yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah.
1: His is His provision is there for us. Done. Mm-hmm. You know, His love for us is pure. I love that scripture in Second Timothy two thirteen, I think, mm-hmm. and it says, "When we are faithless." He is faithful because mm. he cannot deny himself, mm-hmm. faithful is what he is, faithful is who he is, yeah and so even then, when my faith is weak, he is still faithful, mm. and that and that fact alone it, that's what you know makes me fall in love with him all the time when my faith is weak, and I'm looking to myself and feeling I'm not adequate and I can't do it, and God says it's okay. I'm faithful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Over and over again.
1: Over and over.
0: Okay. So, so, so let me, I mean, uh, let me ask you this. And I, um, like you've been trained in different ways, a number of different types of counseling. I think you could get licensed and, you know, do professional counseling. And and I'm not even saying there's anything wrong or that Christians shouldn't do that. But you've chosen to particularly use and invest, especially all of your extra time, number one, on a volunteer basis, but number two, in the context of the local church. Um and I know that's been really important to you to be able to kind of counsel from God's Word, to counsel in the context of the local church, even when you have both training and opportunity to mm-hmm. do um, to do something different. what? why that why that context you know I mean, i you know I, I know the answer for me as a right. pastor, but for you what like why what's most compelling about biblical counseling and why the context of the local church for it?
1: um the most compelling thing uh, about christian count biblical counseling to me is is the reality of the hope that it brings and mm. the possibility of transformation, yeah because when sin is involved in our lives, we don't always, in our flesh, we don't have that power to stop it. Mm-hmm. But with the Holy Spirit within us, with Christ in us, we do. Mm. We do have that power. And part of that, um, and that's what biblical counseling teaches them, that when God is in the mi- mix, midst of your crisis, uh-huh. you're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. But if you turn to, but if a crisis hits and you turn to fleshly remedies, it's not, you're not, you're just going to be digging a deeper hole. Mm -hmm. And other forms of modalities that in psychology and so forth and Christian counseling, um, to me, I I describe them as rearranging the chairs on the Titanic. Actually, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you take the biblical, uh, counseling out of it, if you take the scriptures out of it, if you take the Lord out of it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the modalities are helpful. Yeah, it can change I, things. It can change things, yeah, you know, yeah. and I can put, you know, I can ch- turn the chair in the Titanic and put it more toward the sun instead of the iceberg, yeah. and they might be a little more comfortable, uh-huh. but the same thing is still going to happen if, they're, if their heart is not transformed, if they haven't given their life to Christ, mm. if they are walking with without a knowledge of Christ, their life may be better and improved, but they're still on the same road. Mm. To hell mm-hmm. and uh though we struggle as Christians, we may continue to struggle and we may have um chronic illnesses or we may have these different things, but if our heart belongs to Jesus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then we have that hope yeah, and that's eternal
0: okay so 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 let's talk about that a little bit for Christians, too, I think, because um I think sometimes. Like Christians can ask those questions, right? They're like, okay, well, what if I'm, I'm safe, but what if I'm not on that pathway, right? right? But I, I do have a relationship with the Lord and the Lord is working in my life. Um, can like-
1: Can biblical counseling or, help? Can, can
0: biblical counseling help? Or, or do these other modalities, do these other things like, can they help? Um, and I, I know this is a big philosophical question. Right. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Well, Maybe we shouldn't go here, but I, I, let, let, let's talk about it a little bit because I know these are the big questions right. people ask.
1: I would say that that the scripture says that scripture is sufficient for all we need to walk in this life, Mm -hmm. and that's a big statement. Mm -hmm. And so as Christians, if that's a truth, Mm -hmm. then the scripture is going to make the biggest change Mm -hmm. in what is going on in our situation.
0: I really like the way you put that. Yeah. Yeah
1: that's going to have yeah. so if you're looking for something to have the biggest impact yeah then you got to go to the scriptures yeah
0: and so and so i think that's where we can understand that some of these other things you know whether they are therapies right. or something like they can help uh, and definitely. and maybe even in a compassionate way like yeah, i don't even definitely. not even in a i i don't even mean that dismissively right. right like they they can genuinely help they mm-hmm. can uh help put some things in order things like that um At the very least, it's a both-and. Right. (laughs) Ultimately, but also ultimately, um, unless that is uh, buttressed by the inner, the heart transformation that only comes from God's word and the work of his spirit, um, it can change to make things easier. Mm -hmm. It can change to make things more, it can change to make us more productive. It can change to make us more uh, better communicators. But as far as making us more like Jesus, right? Right. There's um, that's the biggest. That's the ultimate change, and it's the right. it's the biggest change, like you said.
1: And the longer lasting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Longer the eternal lasting. and 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 right. the whole and the whole purpose, right? right. Of of the, this this life and growth. Oh, series talking. Series talking. There you go. I I put my phone like behind me on the seat so so it wouldn't vibrate on the table and this is what airplanes mode is for Nancy. Gosh, gosh. I'm so, I'm, it's like, like I'm a a novice. All right. (laughs) Um, so I, I, I'm super, I am super excited to, to, or I'm super thankful to, um, hear you talk about that a bit because I I do think that that is what is also most compelling to me, um, in a way that doesn't need to disparage Mm -mm. other therapies or other modes or things like that. But that also uh, upholds and uplifts the the ultimate right. source and power and means of change we have yeah. in the spirit of God inside of us and in His Word.
1: Yeah, that exactly. brings
0: light. Yes, right to yes. the darkness. Um, how, so I would love for you to explain a little bit. Um, or, why don't we talk a little bit? Okay. I, you're looking at me all nervous. You're like, stop asking me these questions. Right, I'll, I'll tell you my story, but I, I, don't know no, but I would love to, to talk with you a little bit about um, how how formal counseling in our local church setting, like what what it is, what it looks like, and how that differs from just kind of the regular discipleship that takes place in community groups and 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 things like that. Um, because I think a, a lot of people actually are, are probably unfamiliar with our counseling ministry and kind of what it is we offer and what that looks like.
1: Um, we offer, usually the, the people that we're seeing have something critical, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's some circumstantial thing that has just come up and they're just really struggling and dealing with it. Yeah. And they just need an added level of support, you know, like Moses having the, his arms held up, mm. you know, we, we just come alongside and continue to, uh, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. just walk them through the scriptures and encourage them. And sometimes it's um, just a misunderstanding they have in scripture, and yeah. and it needs to be made right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a communication thing with their spouse or their family, and they it's they just don't know how to get control of mm-hmm. the communications that are happening. And just going to God's word and walking through and giving them tools mm-hmm. and uh, godly instruction of how to communicate with one another. And, uh, just,
0: and and, and, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's, I mean, I know you've, you've like, sometimes it's deeper, right? And some of
1: it's deeper, some of it's high anxiety, some of it's addiction, Mm -hmm. you know, where you just need someone to be accountable to, that's going to walk you through and be praying for you. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it's chronic illness,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, to come alongside them. And encourage them that God has not forgotten them, that we have not forgotten them, mm-hmm. and uh, to just continue to speak life into them. Yeah. And like you said, light and keep when things seem so dark. Continue to speak into them that mm-hmm. God, there's a light in here with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and even just for for clarity's sake, like all almost all of our counselors are are essentially lay people, people that have been trained in the local church, you know, this isn't like a professional therapy, but it's a volunteer lay counseling, but that we've just continued to see over and over and over again, as oftentimes the the thing that people need the most. And and that doesn't require from a formal counseling ministry. Sometimes what people need the most is a conversation with a pastor. Sometimes it's a conversation mm-hmm. with a community group leader or a series of conversations with a right. community group leader where we're walking through these valleys together. And sometimes when people are, situations are um, a particular crisis and they don't know where to turn, or maybe they don't have a community group leader that, that, that they don't know how to walk through that or mm-hmm. whatever, um, try to walk through with them and, and then help from there usher them back t- into kind of the regular discipleship mm-hmm. relationships that, um, that we all need to that live. That we in. all need to, right? Yeah, yeah that we all right. c- continue desperately. I mean, do do you see that happen as right. you counsel people? Does does it like does counseling just kind of go on forever, or what 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 is no, that? What does that, that look like in the context of the church?
1: No, the goal the goal is not to see you forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's God's. God wants to see you forever. That's right. We don't. <laughs> but. It is, the goal is to get them to a point where they feel equipped, where they can encourage themselves, mm-hmm. but then also to connect with a community mm-hmm. where th- they can continue to be encouraged mm-hmm. and encourage others and continue to grow
2: mm-hmm.
1: and continue on, you know, walking forward with what they've learned and growing, mm-hmm. continuing to grow. I mean, yeah. it's not like you're fixed and that's your level. You're. Yeah. It's. It's when... Uh, you see that growth and they're growing and they're getting stronger and, and their habits are getting stronger and you just, you're, they're ready Mm -hmm. to take that into a community and Mm -hmm. continue to grow and continue to be a part of that being, being fed in and encouraged by the community and also being able to give back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, And I would just say as a, a caveat, there is, you know we we're mentioning all of these things about what counseling is and the thing is if in the in the in the church it, there's a lot of secrets and a lot mm. of people that are really really struggling and have pain and they feel like I could never share what I'm going through I could never share what I'm struggling with and I just want to encourage anyone who's listening that if that's you you that's a lie of the enemy mm. and it's it's not the truth that all of us uh, in the counseling, we have heard all kinds of things. As mm-hmm. Scott said, some really very, very deep and difficult things and challenges of people. Um, it's very confidential. It is something that we have a heart for, which is why the counseling ministry is here. Mm-hmm. That uh, it come and come and share and let us walk through it with you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our heart is mm-hmm. to not let the enemy make that a big, heavy boulder that you're walking around with. But to be free of it, because mm. God's word will set you free, mm. and um, we just pray for you mm. and pray that you would have the courage to come forward if that's your need
0: mm. I so appreciate that uh, thanks so much nancy I, I I so appreciate that encouragement and I think but what, what I love about your heart in this too is that it ultimately it's not it's not even about like coming forward to the counseling ministry it's just opening up to to someone and that's what our counseling ministry is here for right? to be a a resource for that um it also might be your community group leader right Mm -hmm. might be a friend but recognizing that the the things that keep struggles secret in the church the forces that keep struggles Mm -hmm. secret in the church are lies they're lies yeah because um when we bring things, right, for, this is first John, right? When we bring things into the light mm-hmm. is when we experience freedom and forgiveness and joy and, um, and redemption.
1: Right.
0: That's not easy.
1: <laughs> no, no.
0: It's really hard sometimes. Yes. Um, but it doesn't make it less true. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so thankful for you, Nancy. I'm so thankful for the ways in which the Lord has directed your life. I mean, we've even just gotten just some tiny little snapshots of that, but how he's uh, led you here even for the last decade Right. and how he, the Lord has used you to shape um, our church in so many ways to um, equip others, both in the counseling room and, and in training and um yeah, I'm super thankful for you and just really thankful that for this opportunity for others to get to know a little bit a little bit more about you too in our church it family. A,
1: it was a blessing. Thank
0: you. Mm, yeah. It's always fun to talk. I do. <laughs> <laughs> thankful for you and thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining us. Um, I hope that that this both encourages you in recognizing through the ups and downs God's faithfulness in your story as well and that no matter what um going on in your story the the church the family uh we are are here to walk through that together so amen we love you and we'll see you on sunday